Welcome to podcast 276 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Joe, or Friday Night FM, Dupe, and uh, Paul, or Mad FM. Welcome, gentlemen. I don't know why I've done it like that, but nevertheless, we'll stick with it. I'm also very upset that Mrs. Doubtfire is not here today. Yeah, well, you didn't say hello. I don't like it. Do it again. Yeah. I don't say it. I don't say it all the time. It's a tree. It's some kind of hello. I don't say it all the time. Don't say it. Um, sorry. It's, you know, I don't know. 275 felt like a special number. And so it got the, the doubtfire treatment. Maybe next week. Who knows? I doubt um, it. Ha! <laughs> well done. Well done. Well done, you. Have a cookie. Right. Uh, on this week's pod, we have a safe focus from Mr. Dupe, because we've not done one for a while, but he's been smashing his save with 1860 Munich for good reason, but we'll get to that shortly. And also we have a spotlight about Bad Neighbours, um, which has kind of been influenced heavily by Dupe's save. And there, there might be a quiz or something as well, but, you know, we'll see about that. Um, okay, Dupe, take it away. 1860 Munich, obviously the impossible dream. The impossible task, the impossible everything. Why? <laughs> we know what the save kind of is, but <laughs> give us a bit of a summary about sort of what's gone on so far. Um, and then we can ask more in-depth questions about sort of longer term ideas and plans okay. with it. Yeah, fair play. Right. So just really quickly, if you don't know, we are 1860 Munich. I mean, Matt did tell you, so we should know. But we are trying to manage 1860. We're trying to get them up to the top division. And I thought, you know what? Instead of just making this a uh, get to the top division, maybe win a league or two, maybe win a Champions League, let's go another 79 million steps forward. And as the save starts, Bayern Munich are 31 Bundesliga titles ahead of 1860. They are 18 Pokal Cup uh, wins ahead of them. And they are six European Cups ahead of 1860. My, cha- my task is as follows. To beat them on all of them. We want to be above them on all of those KPIs, so to speak, right? So it's going to be a have, tough challenge. Sorry, have 1860 actually won any of those things before? One. Yeah, they one? have won one Bundesliga title and they have come runners-up in the Pokal before, oh. I, be- I believe. Um, they haven't ever uh, been in the getting close to the Champions League final so or the Euro- Euro- uh, European Cup. So we've got, we've got some things going on. Um, UEFA Cup Winners' Cup, they were runners-up. Um, sorry, they've won two Pokals before, so there you go. Uh, so yeah, we've got we've got... A hell of a, a jump to go. Like I said, bad neighbours, bad neighbours indeed. And for a long time in 1860 history, they actually uh, stadium shared with Bayern Munich. So how did the season go? We are one season in, and I am pleased to say I'm going to jump straight to the end and work back because I think it might be a little bit easier. Um, we won. We won the, the league. We won the third tier, I should say, of German football. Um, uh, that was good news. Bad news. Bayern Munich won. The Bundesliga. So that means they're now 32 titles <laughs> ahead of us. Um, luckily, they didn't win the Pokal and they didn't win the Champions League. They went out in the semi-finals of the European Cup and they actually went out very early doors of the uh, of the, po- the Pokal. So that's really good. Um, yes, it's going to be tough to, to overthrow and this is why it's an ever-changing number because we have to catch them, overtake them and then stay in front of them. Um, 
kind of massive turning points of the season. Uh, we did what we did actually change systems. We were playing a three at the back system, didn't work. We then moved to a, a four at the back system, uh, and that was quite exciting. That worked nicely. Um, what we were finding is early on, we were just like we were winning games, but we were just conceding silly goals. Like our opening two games of the season, there was a two all draw and a three all draw. Uh, later on in the season, we went three nil down. And then we scored five in like 38 minutes to make it 5-3. But like we could we could create chances and we could score lots of goals. But we were very weak at the back. We were playing a, a Volante. A Volante is something that is a very new uh, role to me. I haven't actually ever picked a Volante up before. Um, and it was something that was kind of, as we were doing pre-season, I went through and I went, actually, I, I loved the CM attack last year. And this is like a very similar kind of, output to a CM attack but obviously it has a few changes to it but uh, it's something that I thought I, I needed to find another role that could excite me so uh, we started playing a left back there a right back there and we were trying to like tweak a few trying to be a bit clever like I like to try to think I am clever at this game um, and we were playing a three at the back system and it just wasn't working We like I said we moved to the four uh, with a volante and a ball winner and it seems to be doing good things um, at Christmas, we had just come off the bat of losing like four or five games in a row, um, and really being well out of the um, out of the range of being even considered as promotion um, candidates, let alone even winning the title. Um, that's kind of where the big shift. We had a couple of we had I think we had three or four friendlies during the winter break, and that's when we shifted uh, to to the four at the back, and we saw significant changes a lot of the time we were still scoring these goals but we just weren't conceding we also brought in you're gonna love this we brought in a man that is uh i'm gonna i gotta try and remember his name now uh brought in a man called aaron Seidel. he is a german from hoffenheim uh no sorry darmstadt i got that completely wrong um he has jumping reach of 18 heading of 14 he's also six foot bloody six and um he scored 18 goals in, in like 15 games for us. Near post hacks? No, far post hacks. Um, <laughs> man, man. Attack far post. Uh, he is the German lower league uh, old man style of Haaland. He is just a beast physically. Even at like at six foot six, he's still got like the 13 and 14 for pace and acceleration. His finishing is 13, his composure is 12, but he didn't really score many with the ball at his feet. Um, I don't know actually if we can break it down on on his heading uh, goals scored, but it was it has to have been a good ninety percent of them, and I think he was a big turning uh, for our, a, a big turning point in our season because we didn't have a tall squad, and a lot of our goals that we were conceding we were conceding via set pieces. So again, we were getting him to attack the near the, the, the far post when he were attacking, and actually I had him um, zonely mark the the six yard box on defending. And it was normally that it was hitting him first. So a lot of the, the, the defending corners, he was getting his head to very similar with tack, uh, free kicks. We were kind of getting him to be in the box and kind of basically going for the ball uh, and trying to win that first header, win that first point of contact. Um, and it worked. We had wingers that were, were pacey. They were, they would get through, they would get good, really good chances. And we actually made a really good, uh, kind of part, a really good end to the season from changing the system. We, we lost one game 
in something like 21 games, I believe it was. It came down to the final two games of the season. There was a lot of draws in there, don't get me wrong, but that you know, it was still positive results. Came down to the final day of the season, sorry, game of the season, and all I needed to do was win the game to win the league. Simple as that, uh, and we lost. Uh, but luckily, the team that were in second lost as well, which which made us the winners. And I was a bit shocked because the uh, we had we we didn't I wouldn't say it was diversions, but there was a there was a, a moment where it flashed up as if they had scored to win the win the league, and then it, it very quickly disappeared, and then we just saw the trophy montage. And uh, I was very happy with that. Um, we now had, well, we had a team of 26 players. I now have 12 left. 14 of them have left the club. Uh, a couple of them we sold in the in the winter uh, transfer window and got them loaned back to us. Um, and now they've gone for some big bucks, to be fair. The only big concern, really, this year was the presidential um, elections. And we got a man come in, said we're not going to touch anything, said we're not going to give you any money, but your job is safe for now. And he uh, he he wiped £47 million of a debt off of us. So uh, we are no longer in any sort of debt whatsoever, um, which is superb. Big, big, big movement for us. And uh, yeah, we are kind of in a good place, to be fair. Nicely said, mate. So, you answered all our what? questions for us. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I could I could break things down. I mean, there was some there was some interesting it's, things. Has Curti come back? Yeah. <laughs> Curti back because this is normally his his uh, you know, modus operandi. Sorry, I'm not logged into the Trello. Um, there was a couple of interesting stories along the way. One being Charlie Savage. We got Charlie Savage in on loan from Manchester United, zero pounds. I didn't have to pay a single penny. And he was the guy that come in and played Volante. He uh, he did very well in the role. Uh, and then, I, and like when we made the transfer, there was nowhere did it say that he had to be a certain role or a certain position. It just, just a first team player. So I played him as a Volante. He did really well. And then after about five games, he was like one of our best performers. Ten Hag come to me and said, actually, I want him to play ball-winning midfielder. Uh, I said, okay, we have a ball-winning midfielder, but we can we can move him into ball-winner. And he, again, did very, very well. We had, um, obviously, the Volante starts further back, and then we've got the ball-winner was was on the normal line of, um, of midfield. And he then come back after five more games saying, no, I want him to play ball-winner. And I'm like, he's playing ball-winner. And then he took him off me. Literally, the win the minute the window o opened, yeah, we'll have him back, thanks. He didn't play a single game for Manchester United. He was getting he was getting game time with us. And yeah, I I I mean I, I can understand if he's he's not happy with me, but like we did everything that he asked me to do. I couldn't do much more unless he wanted me to play him as a ball winner in that kind of in the, the DM area rather than the CM area. But I mean he was still playing ball winner. And so we went and got Herbie Kane in instead. From uh, he was on loan from Barnsley, ex Liverpool man, and uh, he was a good rounded player, just not as good as Charlie Savage. Better negotiation needed at the initial loans. I'm sure that we didn't have anything on there. If only it was streamed and not not whilst I was offline. Could I go back and have a little look? Um, but he's uh, he's up for sale. They, they've they've listed him. And it's a good value, but he wants something like twelve and a half grand a week. 
which is just ludicrous, seeing as our budget is like 47, I think it is. So, so, so now you've had this, like, this guy come in and clear out the debt, what does that mean for, for season two then? Like, now you're in the Schweinbundesliga. Well, the, the money going up is not huge. So uh, we didn't actually, we don't earn hardly next to any money for winning the league or whatnot. There's no uh, competition prize money. Where we start to win the money is when we've now up into into Bundesliga 2 because I can't say Thrive Bundesliga very well. Um, the the money here is is crazy. Uh, even if you like get relegated, you get 7 million quid, which is huge for, for that level of football. If you win the, the second division, you get 15 million quid. If you're mid-table, anywhere between 3rd and 16th, you get 14 million pounds a season. Um, that's big, seeing as like the money that we took in this year, like the t- I, f- I believe our um, our total expenditure was f- uh, was fifteen point nine seven million, and that is with all of our other running costs. So, just to have that pretty much covered every year, it really will elevate us to be able to do the next thing and the next thing and see what we can do. Um, it is looking like our projection screen is is on the up now we've been promoted. It's saying that kind of at the end of next season, we should have about £12 million to spend in the transfer market. I currently have about a million pounds to spend. Um, so I think a lot of this is just going to be short term again. I'd love to go in and try and rip this league up and see if I can go back to back. It's have possible. Have you been given, given like your expectations for next season? Like are you expected to do anything at all or are you just like fighting against relegation fighting against relegation bravely fighting against relegation i I believe they added um so for me if we can go in and just get mid-table brilliant like i said i'd love to go straight back uh, straight up um it would be a hell of an ask however there's some really interesting players that are available on on freeze and this is kind of why i'm sat with such a small squad um we have like i said we have quite a big budget for next year wage-wise and i am literally now down to about I think it's about 15 grand a week once all of my players clear. So we've got so much room in the budget. There's so many good players that I've been scouting for this season. I basically put my eggs in the basket and just assumed we would get promoted. So I kind of got everyone scouting players for next year. And we've got some really interesting talent that we could potentially pick up um, on some freeze and, and see if we can build a team that could really, really challenge to get high up this league um, and and see if we could just get into that Bundesliga. Because the Bundesliga is a, just a different level. I mean, I know we talk about the money in, in in England being crazy, but I mean, the Bundesliga, if you get relegated in the Bundesliga, you are on 30, 40 million. Mid-table is 50. One question I had about your the takeover, and mm-hmm. this, this is only sort of jogged my memory of something that I've, I sort of found completely by accident earlier in the week, um, which is... I don't, some people may remember EDT files and what you could do with them in terms... This was... the Whilst the pre-game editor did exist, this was a kind of a, a quicker way, and I think we still use them now for name fixes and things like that, but I noticed that there is one for valid takeovers, and Germany has a lot of entries in that particular EDT file because of the, the you know, the 51-plus rule, like to stop takeovers. Um, where so, but and it's like so, 
in this particular file it says no rich takeovers, no consortium takeovers, no PLC takeovers, no fan trust takeovers, and no local businessman takeovers. So what type of takeover was yours, if you can even see that? Well, it, no, it was a, it's just a presidential takeover. So they have the, Oh, so, ah, oh, okay. So it's yeah. the election and then the guy who came in is giving you the, the money. Right, okay. Well, I don't know whether the guy that came in and gave me the money, because he said, like, nothing's going to be invested in the club. And actually, I got uh, I got another... One of my guys that watch, or watches the stream, he's been doing a save with 1860. And um, it, he said that it's almost as if the guy that went out took the debt with him. I don't believe that to be true, but like it just was never a kind of, oh, this money's in here or whatever. It was just the fact that one came in, one went out, and after the other, after the new one came in, there was no there was no debt there. Um, it was about forty seven odd million. Now it might be that this is something that actually, after having this conversation, we should probably raise. It could be a little bug. Um, but at the moment, it's benefited me, so I don't really want to shout it too loud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I brought it up. It was, like I say, it was more just that I noticed it's just something complete by random, and then you mentioning that kind of jogged my memory about it. Um, anyway, we'll we'll cut things off there because we we're going to focus on some more bad neighbourly relationships, um, which we sort of, I think were kind of born from your save and I think you've probably looked at similar things and in fact you've done similar saves like this in the past maybe not to the point where you're trying to overtake them to the extent that you are with 1860 versus Bayern but you have done a save with a, at least one of these off this list that we've sort of we've put together so there are quite a few and we're going to just go through them and it's basically a bit more save fuel for you I think um I still will still see quite a lot of people sort of struggling to find their like their big meaty save, um, which will tide them over for sort of a big period of the the release cycle. Uh, so here are a few very similar save types to dupes. If you uh, if you are struggling to find, if not, then um, these are all good ideas for you to give to other people. So let's let's start off with the first one, which is. PSG versus Paris FC. Um, Mr. Madden, will obviously the, the the French links with you, uh, not just uh, familial ones, but uh, you've you've managed in France yourself. Um, do you mean Madden in on, league in league? Ah, oh. I do mean in league. Ah, oh, with Angers. Um, Angers. But this is uh, this is quite an interesting one. It is. Oh, Matt, I was going to say that I think bad namers, it's not just the theme of this week's episode. It's the theme of this podcast, you know, England, Ireland, <laughs> abuse. I think it's only fair. Yeah, I, did, I, I thought it was about neighbours coming back. Coming back <laughs> on Amazon, yeah. mate. And it is bad. Um, it, I think it's been... <laughs> Everybody needs bad neighbours. Uh, yeah, so um, I've seen it done a couple of times, but I don't think anyone's ever, I mean, for obvious reasons, right? I don't think anyone's ever tried to get Paris FC even close to where PSG are. It's not that dissimilar from what Dupe is doing, obviously, I think, with the dominance and the money. You're looking at, obviously, PSG, the Qatari ownership cash, the model that's there, uh, and the sheer dominance. I think it would be really, really hard, but I think what what should be a thing in this one, if you're going for long term, is I think they're probably well set up for youth intakes and, and their youth setup. So 
just looking at the club itself, uh, and I must look it up in game, or maybe one of you can feel free to open up. But in terms of ex academy players, um, Konati came through at Paris FC, Paris EFC. Um, obviously the Liverpool defender now, and playing in the World Cup. Mukiele is another one, Nordi Mukiele. Um, Dizassi, I think, is the guy that got called up recently to the French squad, if I'm not mistaken. He plays for Monaco, I believe. Um, Manu Kone as well. They've got the pedigree there. Um, and I think being in that area of uh, obviously being in Paris, the youth intake is just going to be scattered with Parisian talent, I feel. So I think that it's, you'd like to think if you get the facilities in place, head of youth development, youth recruitment, all that in order, that you might um, kick through some really, really good intakes. And just in terms of, you know, you don't really necessarily need to go full on dupe. Nobody needs to go full on dupe, but you don't have to go full on dupe uh, in terms of overthrowing PSG. But even um, the last time this team played in League 1 was 1979. Um, and they were only promoted to League 2 League two in 2017. So there, there's a hell of a lot ahead for them. I don't think, you know, obviously overthrowing PSG would be a big one. But a, a really good challenge to get them into the League 1 and get them get them competing and even just going out to try and beat PSG would be a big one. I'll, I'll be honest. If you are hoping to go full on dupe, which, you know, some might, uh, this is harder than my save. Did this you look at it? This is a lot harder. I, I, I kind of did. Um, I wanted to stay away from France because of PSG, but it's the money. You just <laughs> don't have the money at all. Um, and you, you, you know, you are. There's. They have won it less times. They've, they, you know, they've never won the Champions League. They've only won the La Liga, uh, League Un, uh ten times. Um, and the Coupe de France, they, they've only won fourteen times. I say only. That's a lot. But you are starting with a fresh slate. They, um, Paris FC have not won any of them. However, the fact that I believe in in uh, Liga, and you only get, I think it's about fifteen million if you win the league. Compared to, compared to Germany, you get a hundred million. You get more money for finishing mid table in Bundesliga two than you do for winning the, the the French League one. So like that's a huge jump in costs, right? In finances, uh, and obviously, unless you had like a massive benefactor, you would really struggle to overthrow PSG. Um, you obviously my history with Red Star, uh, I went. You know, very similar save to Paris um, in their shadow as well. They could probably have been on the list too, but they that was impossible. It, you were so far behind. Um, and uh, anyone that decides to take this save on, um, I haven't got a hat on, but I am, I would take it off if I did because it is tough. Wasn't it you, Matt, that did a a simulation uh, into the future and like 100 years or whatever and PSG won 100 out of 100? Yeah, it was, well, like it was ridiculous. Years, isn't it? Was it five hundred? Yeah, it yeah. And it was like it just. It, I, admittedly, like that wasn't with the French league loaded, but even so, that it was just that proves how hard it was to break that kind of dominance it, with like via the AI anyway. Um, but yeah, this this is a a tall order. It's a fascinating like history of the clubs, like how they they came to be, and then again how they ended up splitting quite acrimoniously. So if you if you need a bit of narrative behind a save. To get you like get your teeth into it, then th- this is a a really a quite a juicy option, I think. Uh, on to the next one because we've got quite a few of these to get through, uh, which is uh, PSV uh, versus FC Eindhoven, um, which is, I guess, again, you're, I'm going to come to you, Mad, because you're in Holland at the moment and you've just, you know, got knocked out in the semi-finals. Uh, oh, spoilers! I've not read the blog. 
Tom Brady. It wasn't on the blog. It was on a. T- was no, on that a, was just my. Uh, that was just my little shit. Stint. Yeah, I was just doing a little World Cup stint separate. I think. But, uh, yeah, I'm managing Holland, and I look at Joe as well. Joe, I think you did it save at PSV before, so you you know a little bit about the cup. I have. Um, I know a bit about PSV. I don't know anything about FC Eindhoven because I think. Yeah, and it's it's interesting though because they're in my league now, so I'm in uh, the Eerste Divisie or the was it the Kuken Campion Divisie we called it. It's tier two of the Dutch league, and that's the that's where I currently am with the uh, HFC Harlem. So we've come up against FC Eindhoven. Um, I can't, I'll have to look it up. I think we beat them and I think they beat us. So they're around our level, which is mid to bottom half of that table of that league. A much smaller club. But again, once I saw them in that league, I, and I was actually thinking about dupe save because I, I never really thought of it. I never kind of copped that there was another team in Eindhoven, obviously PSV being the, the, major, the main one. Um, when I looked up a bit of information about FC Eindhoven, the, the last time they won the league like the top tier of the league was before that league became professional. So that's kind of, uh, that's probably enough inspiration there to say, can we actually win a professional league for the first time in this club's history? Because I think it was the following year it went um, professional. They they basically dropped out of the Eredivisie in 1977, I think it was, and have never been back since. So there's a ton of kind of just basic goals, basic FM goals, right? Get promoted win the win the league but you know you're probably looking at 10 years um doing it right i suppose is the way to phrase it uh similar to what dupes points were money isn't uh there's not a whole lot of cash in the dutch second tier surprise surprise um i, I remember curty talking a lot about dutch saves as well when he was doing his az well oh, it might uh, when i was at Groningen in yeah. fm22 like that was same match, yeah. that was the thing that kind of made me want to jump ship it was because i finished fourth and and got none. my <laughs> my, well, my Ajax uh, just have so much money in comparison. Like you, ca- they you just can't compete yeah. with them. Uh, I, I think there is probably going to be quite a few similar themes throughout all of these. But uh, my my wage, my entire wage budget was beaten by two of their best players. So they 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 basically had you know they they spent the same amount of money on two single players wages versus my entire squad. Inclusive of that's youth in the players. same. That's in the same league. Whatever about being same. In the and I, I finished fourth in the Eredivisie. I think that you can season. make good progress though. Yeah. Oh, you can, but it, it's just and and I think it's it's probably quite fulfilling as well to be able to like. I, I think I lost in the opening league game against Ajax, but then I drew with them later on. Um, so I so I felt like I'd made progress throughout that season, but um, I think it's the Champions League money that makes the big difference, and they're they're. You know they're a cert each year, aren't they? Really, unless until you start managing to really break in and fight against the bigger boys in that league. It, the thing is, is is they just have that that just inevitable factory of talent that they go on to sell, right? Because the money isn't isn't great for competition wise. It's the fact that they are just selling players like Anthony for 80 odd million they're playing selling Martinez or you know all these players that I ask just seem to sell them all and then just recoup them it is so tough such a tough league an underrated league uh, if you do well in it with a team that's not Ajax in my opinion well we'll stick with that flavor because there is another Dutch rivalry on our list which is Feyenoord versus Sparta Rotterdam uh, which is another interesting one with a few uh, I guess with a slight twist, really. Like Feyenoord obviously have a, a pretty decent academy themselves, but Sparta Rotterdam have a few notable former academy players. It's a good rivalry. 
going back to last week's pod where you had um, things to watch while you're playing FM, there's an, a final documentary on Disney, and there's a bit in that about the rivalry, and it is kind of like different bars in the town and stuff like that, like yeah, for certain teams. So it is, it's a very big rivalry there, whereas you might it might not be publicised as such kind of outside of Holland. But yeah, good. That's a very good documentary to watch anyway. But obviously there is a bit about the rivalry in there as well. Isn't, I watched it. Isn't that, that was actually quite good. Yeah. I was gonna say, isn't that when Dick Advocat was in charge of that documentary, Joe? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I remember that. Yeah, I've I think I've watched one of the two of them and yeah, it is good. It's subtitled, isn't it? I can't read, so it's difficult. Tweet like a tiger. Um <laughs> Sparta Ro- I, I didn't realise Sparta Rotterdam they're they they've fallen out of um because so NFM in the vanilla database, it's only the top two tiers of Dutch football, so they're not actually in either of them, as far as I know right now. So I think you might. I, 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 need, I need Mad to FM check. style hacks. Yeah, to I need to in. double check my information is right. But I would I, I double check that as yeah. uh, in my save they've just been relegated from the top division to the second division. Uh, um, do 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 do. I don't think. I could be wrong. Yeah, aren't, they, aren't they in the Eredivisie? Yeah, they're in the Eredivisie. Oh, maybe, maybe, I've, maybe I've mixed that up then. You're um, thinking of Sparta Rotterdam B. Clearly. The B obviously stands for bollocks, man. <laughs> yeah. No, you're Get right. Out. Sorry, you're right. Get out of the, the, old, uh, the old weed shops, mate. Come on. Yeah. I've spent too long in Holland. I've been smoking some stuff. No. But um, the what's also interesting, because I, I guess the way the some of these clubs are named, you wouldn't even realise they're in the same city. But you also have Fe- obviously Feyenoord being the big one of the bad neighbours, but Excelsior are already uh, are also in there as well. So for a, for probably what is not a huge city, it's fairly well stacked from a footballing perspective. But you know, you Matt, you mentioned the academy. I'm pretty sure Memphis Depay um, was uh, spent his like youth career in uh, Sparta Rotterdam. Uh, Kevin Strootman, I think, is another one. Winyaldum, I believe, as well. So similar story. Like they've they've got the pedigree, let's call it. Don't they don't ever seem to hang on to them? All of those players are going on to PSV, they're going on to Feyenoord, they're going on to Ajax, um, and even that's a good challenge. I think I, I think we did a post on on the website before for this, just keeping wonder kids and building around them. That's a hard thing to do in FM when you're a small club, um, so that could be a bit of a mission there with with Rotterdam if you do get a good youth intake as well. So that's the theme for the Dutch ones, Matt. I think. Yeah, it's it's funny that, isn't it? Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh keep the youth. Um keep the youth. let's <laughs> let's uh switch our attention back to England for a bit so that we've got two on the list for England, fairly similar. Um you've got Manchester United slash City, which maybe, maybe not, but Salford City are the 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 playable team you could select. You could have if you really want to be pedantic, FC United of Manchester, but they play in a division outside of the official playable licensed leagues within FM. But then you have so, to be really immature and just see F come all the time. Is there short? Yeah, name? you do. Yeah, you do. It's very much. What's the? There's another one that has a very similar abbreviation to that as well. The French team, and I can't think who it is. Anyway, um, we are getting slightly sidetracked, but <laughs> but Salford obviously owned by the class of '92. We did mention them in last week's pod and it's still a very tall order Salford until they've had this injection of cash have very much been in the doldrums of lower league football in fact there's quite a lot of sort of Manchester centric teams that are in a similar sort of position you've got Altrincham as well who have sort of 
again stayed around the 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 lower leagues and unlike Salford remained there whereas Salford now in league 2 making their way up the football league ladder but still have a long way to go to be able to topple the likes of United and City in terms of title wins um and I guess this is a, a bit bit of a different challenge compared to the others because you do have that money, but then you've got the league restrictions, especially as you go into sort of league now you're in league two, but then also into league one where you can you know you there are you may have loads of money, but you can only spell uh, spell spend a certain percentage of it. I think that this one's like you said poses a lot of different challenges. One being the fact that um, Manchester United always seem to be very good on this game um, and they always seem to get success after a while. The second biggest problem, in my opinion, and this probably would make it one of the harder versions of this, is that that top division is just so competitive. It's not just a case of having to beat Manchester United. You have to beat Liverpool. You have to beat City. You have to beat Chelsea. There's so many other teams that could really halt your progress uh, that could, you know, for example, if... It's easier to win a Champions League if you're just cruising your league and you can rest players ready for it. Every single game in that Premier League is going to be tough for you. Uh, and I think that is one of the big factors. Um, you have 20 Premier League titles, you have to catch them. Uh, 12 FA Cups. Um, there's free Champions League. There's so much to do. And also that there's a shed load of uh, community shields because they count. Uh, 21 Manchester United have won, uh, in case you wanted <laughs> to know. 21. Uh, so there's a lot of trophies there, but... It's the fact for me that you've just got to try and get and beat everybody else as well. It's not like you can focus on one team. You have to focus on everyone. Well, this is a similar situation to what you're in at the moment with 1860, where you've got to get to that division and it's going to take you as a minim- at a minimum four seasons before you even start playing in the Premier League. And that's, get you know, you have to get out of the championship as well, which uh, is kind of fortunate that you don't have to deal with the Vanarama Premier Oof. because that that with limited there's only two promotion spots out of it. It's um it's tough and th- those playoffs are a nightmare um, from personal experience. So at least you don't have to handle that. But yeah, getting out of the Championship and into the Premier League is uh, is not for everyone. You think that um the game. Like from what I know, Sol- it's Salford, right? I I can't say Salford, Salford yet. Sol- Salford. Um, is it right that they've had like two, three managers in the last year, year and a half? They they got a little bit trigger happy in the last year and a half. Um, um I think I think they've they, been they've, through a few. They, I think they have been a little. Yeah, I think Gene he's backed out now, isn't he? Is he okay? <clears throat> I think he's kind of he, stepped back because he was getting criticised a lot for slagging on yeah. teams for sacking their managers. And he'd been through he quite a lot, but I, I, I kind of think they're a little bit justified in what they were doing because they they want to be progressive, and it's kind of one of how long do you let some of those managers they had last? Like when you watch that class of ninety two, it's not a great place that they're in. Like when they're starting, they're like training on school fields, you know, their mm. their changing rooms are containers that have been converted into you know dressing rooms and things like that, and and the club is building and it's getting bigger. And I think with that, they were getting a higher calibre of manager. So it's it's one of them. And it, I don't know in, in game how 
how likely you are to get sacked. Yeah, I mean, on yeah. FM23, the likelihood of a manager getting sacked is quite high at the moment, so you never know. It might be one that you need to uh, hit the ground running. It does I make for a fascinating watch, watch that, the Class of 92 TV show. Like the, the, I remember the first season they actually had like a joint managerial pairing, which is, it, it's more common lower down oh, the... <laughs> lower down the pre- the the, uh, the pecking order in terms of the the English footballing period because it's you know it, it is often part time and so maybe you can't you get a, a manager to cover all of the games that you're having to play especially once the the cup situation starts coming into question but um, they recently sacked Gary Boyer who used to be the manager at Blackburn for a while. Um, and Wasn't yeah, there a former I, I, United coach there as well? No, there was a guy, uh, Joyce something. No? Warren Joyce. I think yeah. he's still there. I don't think he was a okay. manager though. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they they have been through a few uh, fairly fairly recently. Scalzi um, took over for a couple of games. He did <laughs> for a bit. <laughs> they also were managed by uh, Rodri Giggs. Um, this I think this was prior to Project Ninety Two's yeah. involvement, though. Um, but yeah, but they've, if they've... If, <laughs> if you've managed uh, Salford in FM Twenty Three and done better than Rodriguez, yeah, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Graham Alexander, Richie Wellens, Gary Boyer, and incumbent manager is Neil Wood. So they have been through uh, quite a few since uh, twenty fifteen, uh, with obviously the last four being expelled between like twenty twenty two and twenty eighteen. So yeah, maybe maybe a poisoned chalice, uh, depending on how good you are. Uh, moving on then, this I guess now Forest have reached the the Premier League once again for the first time in twenty odd years. It becomes a bit more pertinent, but until recently, they, these two kind of were a lot closer to one another. One another, but Notts County have descended down the the football league and now into non league. Uh, as the money has sort of fallen away from their club. Some may remember when the likes of Cashbish Michael and Sol Campbell were turning out for Notts County. I was just about to say that. County. It was mental, wasn't it? Sven yeah, Warren Erickson was down there. Ex- I, he was the manager, yeah, absolutely. I, it was a, a wild time in, in football. And then obviously that money actually didn't technically exist and had a massive knock-on effect to which they're, they're still reeling from now, I think. You see where the problems will lie, right? <laughs> <laughs> what Russell. the fact that the money didn't exist mm. yeah um so as forest have slowly slowly crawled to towards the top of the pyramid Notts county have slithered down it but this uh, obviously Notts county haven't won european cups whereas forest have although it has been a long long time uh, under brian clough i mean speaking no, of man like the the inspiration here, like I'm, of it, they're the oldest um, football club, right in UK or something, or in the world. I don't know. Um, well, they, as you they, go down through, Warnock has managed them. Allardyce has managed them. Obviously, Ericsson, we've just discovered has managed them. There's Juventus playing black and white because of them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 absolutely amazing. Yeah. So there's a huge, um, there's a huge backstory here, definitely as a as a long term safe. But even even just to look at Wikipedia. Pages fucking miles long. Lots I just like looking, I like looking on Google Earth just to see how close the stadiums are. 
Oh, it's crazy. There's like there's one pub like that's sat in between them, uh, between Meadow Lane and the city ground. Actually, there's quite a few, but there's one that's really prominent. And then you've got you've also got Trent Bridge, like not a million miles away from from those either. It, it's crazy how like close, basically the <laughs> the the entire sporting circumference of of Nottingham is like really heavily localized in this one spot. Matt, when you said Trent Bridge, I thought you were talking about that guy from the Independent in Ted Lasso, but it's Trent Crim. <laughs> Trent Crim, the Independent. <laughs> Rent <laughs> uh no sorry to disappoint you but th- yeah this would be again another long term thing and this would give you the task of getting out of the dreaded panorama panorama premiere as well so or panorama conference i can't remember what the rec- what what the official name of it is but yeah, that's tying uh, up the save right now <laughs> it's it's not it's not a bad idea you know there there's a lot of there is a lot of uh, history there to to assume and then build on, so it's quite a nice, nice one. And there's also loads of other smaller rivalries around that you'll get to sort of face as you make your way up the pyramid. Uh, the likes of Derby, uh, sort of. There's, there's a, there is a Nottinghamshire, Derbyshire rivalry there. You've got Mansfield, uh, Chesterfield as well, and then as you get further and further up, Lincoln and Leicester. So there's, there's quite a few things. So you won't be bored until you get to the Premier League. And obviously, there's always the chance that Nottingham Forest will also descend. Especially if they keep on signing millions of players every transfer window. You love this one, Matt. Because Joe mentioned about the Juventus thing. Um, in 2011, Juventus invited Notts County for a friendly over in Turin. The game finished 1-1. Luca Toni scored for Juventus. And Lee Hughes scored for <laughs> Notts County. Isn't he the chap that got... Um, he, he, didn't he end up in prison or something? Or am I dreaming that? Yeah. Yeah, he did definitely. I can't, was it drunk driving he got yeah, yeah. put away for? I think. Um, which actually poignantly moves us on to, I think, our final entry for today, which is actually Juventus versus Torino. I thought um, you were going to so make some sort of drunk driving reference. No, like I was not. I absolutely <laughs> was not. Um, because I'm not making work for you, Sunshine. So, uh, But yeah, Ju- Juve versus Torino. Is uh, is the last one on the list? Although you did mention, we've, Joe mentioned about the the shirt link between Notts County. There's also a really weird and obscure shirt link between Exeter and a team. But do you know what that team is? Before we move on to this final, I'm trying to think of what colours they're in. Red and white. Atletico Madrid. It's not. Uh, is this is this a quiz? Do we get an extra point for this. It, you, you don't get an extra point for the quiz, oh, but yeah. it's it is a it's a really bizarre link that you kind of find out about if you if you've played FM. Obviously, if you support Exeter, you'll know. But if you've if you've um, if you've played FM, this is the sort of thing you find out about when you start looking up, up the history uh, of of the club. Um, the only get, thing that gets me is St James's Park. That that oh, is yeah, yeah the, the apostrophe mm. is is the one thing that can can get people caught out I think. Oh, Matt, uh, but we I, clearly don't know. <laughs> no, my googling skills aren't quick enough. Um, <laughs> it's actually the Brazilian national team. Is it? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the actual thing so I actually get it right, but I can't find it quickly enough. But yeah, there is a there is a link between X. Matt, was this a dream? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it does exist. Uh, they made a, a historic tour of South America in 1914. 
So, uh, and the, so, so the the last match on this tour, I'm reading it from Wikipedia because I managed to find the entry, uh, was on uh, the 21st of July 1914. Uh, was the first encounter of the Brazil national team playing under the authority of a national football association. So there is a link there. I don't. Maybe it's not necessarily to do with shirts, but there is a, like a let's say there is a bizarre link between Exeter and Brazil, <laughs> which is just wild. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Weird footballing links. Neymar or that, mate. Come on, move on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Juve and Torino. What do we know about this one? Uh, Turin. <laughs> it's, uh, Italy. It's not black and white, <laughs> so, you know. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> I, I, was know hoping that, this... I know that Joe is never going to manage Torino because Andrea Bellotti has left, and Joe loves Andrea Bellotti. Don't really. What a weird celebration. Haven't you had him? Yeah, you you had him. In a <laughs> chicken nuts. Yeah. I didn't. I is, that, him. is that maybe boy that goes around and does all the chicken reviews? Yeah. It's um. I had him. I signed him for Leicester, and he was a bagsman. But other than that, I've never had him. Oh, sorry. I I, I knew it was a Leicester one. I just figured, I thought I'm, it was I'm a big Torino fan because they signed Joe Hart. Mm. Of course. The random. To be fair, talking about football links, Juventus have got a link with a football team about their kits, Matt. Can you have a guess? I don't know. I don't know if you mentioned it yet or not. Okay. <laughs> no, obviously, Ju- Juventus are very successful, so this is going to be tough. Torino, I don't believe, in recent history anyway, that, that they've been hugely successful, right? No, but they've always had some good players come through. They haven't won the league since the 70s, I think, and I think yeah. they've won like seven Scudettos versus Juventus, like... 35 find them yeah yeah so it is even though um they're both they're both been in syria for quite a while there's still a massive gap between those two clubs doesn't milinkovic savage's brother playing golf with him as well that's arena is his brother joe hart or that's weird no. they're, they're born in spain <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> we're full of trivia oh. in this pod but there's a rivalry <laughs> 36 Juventus have won, by the way. Um, 36. That's not including the ones that were took off them for, for match fixing. Um, Torino had like a like a, a sort of post-war POM, uh, okay. which died off. And then, uh, so you get to the, they had then won the single Serie A title in the mid-70s, and that's been it. Um, they had a sort of slight resurgence in the mid-80s when they finished runners-up, but they really haven't Pulled up any trees uh, within the league cup side, cup side of things equally um, not as uh, not as great. Again, they they had they seem to go through these cycles, and I'm I'm assuming it's going to be linked with money as well. Like most teams do, like you'll you'll get like a a good team for five years, and then when that starts to be broken down, whether it be through player sales or or age, they. You know, if they haven't been able to do the Joe method and always have a backup ready to come in and just replace the guy who's going out, mate, I ain't even fucking playing a game. I ain't got no backups for anyone. Got <laughs> <laughs> no backup for my own saving. I'm moment. picking you up here, mate. A come on, game. <laughs> yeah. get on Minecraft again, Joe. I want it. <laughs> I, I, <clears throat> Matt, for me, there's only one objective here in this safe, and it's basically around loyalty. When you look at Ex Torino, let's say youth players, Moise Keane, Christian Vieri, 
Fabio Quagliarella. God, that's a hard one to say. Ask me um, to say Ogbonna. All players who started in Torino or were in their youth uh, at Torino and went to Juventus. Where is the loyalty? It just doesn't exist in Turin anymore. Terrible state of affairs. Maybe that's something you ought to impose then. Yes, but bad neighbours. I was just th- I was thinking as well about when we were talking about the the Nottingham stadiums because there's Argentina have got um, Racing Club and Independiente. I like literally mm-hmm. there is a a literal football pitch in between the two stadiums. Yeah. And I, is it Dundee as well? They're pretty close as well, aren't they? Yeah. And um, the Red Star. Oh, it's not the Red. There's a the next to the Stade de, uh, the Stade de France. Where PSG play, right? There's one that's because we had it up. There's like literally a service road in between two stadiums. It's one that in the Red Star save we moved into, but I don't. It's like Stad Bauer or something, but I don't know who who play there normally. But um, it's where we moved to, and it was literally next door. Um, that's probably the must be the closest you could possibly be. It was like a single track road in between. Wild. Well, there we go. There are some, sa- or there is some save inspiration for you as we've sort of gone down, you know, a, ver- a variety of footballing paths, mm. um, which I think I've quite enjoyed that anyway. Anyway, um, I think we've got a little bit of time left. So as long as this is quick, we've got a, you know, we're still in, in World Cup period. So Mr. Madden, quiz time, take it away. It's time for the quiz. Indeed, Matt, and I believe apparently last week you got a you got a jingle for your quiz, and I still haven't got one, but it's okay. I'll, I'll move on from that. Um, grow up, Matt. There is you gotta earn the line. Matt, Matt, if if Joe wants to do it, he can do one now for you. He's good at these sorts of things. He's Irish, yeah, so this will be pish. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. So it is World Cup season on the day of recording here as well, lads. Obviously, you chaps are happy because England have just given Iran a bit of a hiding. When, when do you Spoilers. Know? Spoilers. Um, Does Ireland play? Sort of, kind of sticking with the World Cup theme, but not yeah. really, because what I'm going to be asking you lads for is some players who were not at the World Cup because they didn't qualify. So if you're going to... We're not, we're not, we're not, going, on, not going on Irish ones, believe me. <laughs> Any, anyone born in Scotland? <laughs> So, with a small twist, Toop, uh, if you go into FM23 and exclude all of those countries who have qualified from the World Cup in the player search, you'll be left with a list of players who didn't qualify for their national teams. I want you guys to give me the top 10, sorted by basically value, reputation, but the top 10 players in FM23 who didn't qualify for the World Cup. So, usual story, shout your name, see if you can get a point. Go. So, uh... Yeah, we ain't Good. got time for a quiz. So Sven, uh, Sven Botman? Sven Botman is not in the top ten. Chief. Chief. Haaland. Is that your name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Haaland gets you a point. He's number two on my list. Oh, see, I thought this was fucking players that didn't get selected. Right, I got yeah. you now. <laughs> Sorry, apologies. Didn't qualify, Dope. apologies. Dope. Dope. Did you shout your name there yet? Yeah, Dope. Dope. Uh, Alexandra Isaac. Alexander Isaac is not in the top 10. Okay. You're looking at countries that didn't qualify. Dupe. Dupe. 
Martin Odegaard. Martin Odegaard is number six on the list. Gets you a point. Dupe. Dupe. Almiron. Almiron is not on the list. Best player in the world. Only Dude, eight more. Oh, <laughs> Joe. Joe. Salah. Salah is number one on the list. Gets Joe a point. Point to peace, Oh, Too soon? Dude. <laughs> He's on the plate now, Dave. <laughs> Fuck me. That's going to go down like a lead balloon, isn't it? Get me off this plate. Dupe. Dupe. Donnarumma. Donnarumma is number four on the list. Didn't qualify for Italy. There's going to be lots of Italians in there. Bastoni, nerd, sorry. <laughs> Matt? Who? Yes. Bastoni. Bastoni is not in the top ten. Oh, nice little pass. Joe. Joe. David Alaba. David Alaba, number nine on the list. Good shot. Gets your point. Number nine at left back. Ugh. Offs. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe. So, Joe. Uh, Diaz from Liverpool. Not in the top ten. Mm, it would have been value. One, two, three, four, five to go. Joe. Joe. Uh, Barella. Barella is number five on the list. Also it's for really, Italy. It's got to be Italians, isn't it? Uh, One, three. Uh, so I can tell you, there are four players left on this list. One of them ooh, is ooh, Italian. Ooh. Then there's one that All plays Italian. In, oh, there's one that plays in Italy. Got to be. There is one that million. plays in Italy. There's two that... Oh, dope. Uh, dope. I'll give yeah, it to you, dope. mate. Come on. 100 million plays in Italy. He'll be raging, Joe, if he doesn't get it. All right. Dope. Dope. He's not Italian, though, but Victor Osimhen. I didn't say he was Italian. Uh, he plays in Italy. Victor Osimhen. I'll give you half a point each, lads. <laughs> no, I, I Victor Osimhen. If it's anything to do with him, it has to be dope, doesn't it? Um, I'm, think- I'm thinking values now. Koulibaly. Dupe. Koulibaly is, is in the World Cup. He played, he played today, today, mate. I didn't watch. <laughs> uh, Joe? Joe. Someone's got work. What? What? Jan Oblak. Great shout. Jan Oblak is number three on the list, believe it or not. Joe's best mate. Prick. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Balotelli, no. Um, Two more, Joe, boys. Joe. Uh, Barella's teammate, Scrinia. Great shout. He's number eight on the list. Thanks, Scrinia. And you said Bastoni. <sighs> well, you boys are down to one last one from the top. And, and he's Italian. Oh, Dupe. Dupe. Verratti. Verratti is not on the list. Is it Italian? How many have we got left? One. Just one. One, he's Italian. I can tell you if you want. Is he, well, because the one I was thinking isn't... Oh, not who I was thinking then. I was going to say Andy Robertson. No. Dupe. Oh, no, he wouldn't. I'm going to go Raspadori, but he wouldn't be, would he? He's not. No, not in the top ten. Uh, Dupe. Dupe. Politano. Incorrect. 
Doop. Doop. Zaniolo. Incorrect. I'm just thinking of Italians, boys. Yeah. Help me oh, out. That's the idea, lads. <laughs> uh, Joe. M- Chiesa. Oh, Joe. I was going to say what Matt said, but he can have it. It's not Chiesa. <laughs> yeah, I won't go that. If we said dupe. Dupe. If we said Bonucci. Bonucci is incorrect. The whole team here, lads. It's probably surprising the value on this chap, but... Because he's I don't understand shining. what... Uh, no, surprisingly. Hmm. More so probably what he can bring in FM, I'd Dupe. Dupe. Um, Napoli defend... Uh, De Lorenzo. Incorrect. <sighs> Mate, I'm this boy, a position. A, this yeah. boy is a forward. He is a striker. I was going to say Skamaka. Keen, is it? It's not Moise Keen. It's not Skamaka. It's not Raspadori. This is a man who enjoys being the top scorer in Serie A from time to time. Do? No. Doop. Bellotti? Incorrect. No, the other one. Dupe. Not another one. <laughs> Dupe. Dupe. Immobile? Immobile. Fuck yeah. Immobile is number seven on the list. Crazy. Shit quiz. Hit quiz indeed. That means that out in his front with five and a half is Joe, the winner of this week's quiz. No, no, we gotta wrap this up. I got I got another puke bomb come. <laughs> 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 I want to just make it clear. It's a puke bomb, not a puke bomb of cum. I just want to make that clear. Oh, dear. <laughs> this podcast has taken a turn. Very As has Duke. A bit like that flight. Maybe boy was a... Oh, fuck. Jesus. Okay, so, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, um, <laughs> we'll close off episode 276. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all our latest Football Manager content. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify, and most other popular podcast apps and platforms, with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There'll be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Goodbye, folks. Hello. Adi Vidic. <laughs>